0: Okay. Hello, welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John. And I'm Marty. And we are launching into Episode 2. Hooray, we survived.
1: Yes, we did. And I want to add there that we've had some really good feedback from Episode 1. Yes. um, Plenty of people have got in touch and told us we seem to be doing something useful, so let's carry it on and see where
0: it goes from there. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of whatever audio or editing stuff you guys are heard from before, um, we're new at this, so give some time. Um, yeah,
1: but rough I've, around the edges.
0: I've, I have divined divine a way of keeping my dog from barking horribly during this by having a numerous amount of, of dog treats around me. So as right. me and Marty are talking, I am literally just flicking little pieces of dog treats, and he's just running after them. So
1: Cool. I did a similar thing by making sure my family had money and left the house. <laughs>
0: Where did you send them all? <laughs> so okay.
1: ever, every Saturday. In, a, in a car with money, come back in 60 minutes. Bye.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. Now, as, as, as we're talking, my, da- my daughter is watching TV. And I was like, well, I'm going we start doing this, and she's like, okay, so watch TV. I'm like, no. Can I watch TV with the sound off? I'm like, do you want to? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> sent, I sent my child back to the 1910s, where uh, there was sorry. all the pictures, but none of the audio. Yeah, so. uh, that's all right. That's a good thing sometimes. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But yeah, how you been doing this week, mate?
1: Yeah, good. Uh, you know, we have got back to work this week, um, 7th of January, kicked off work in New Zealand here. Um, pretty much the whole country stops between about the 20th of December and sort of around the middle of January. So went back to work on Monday and, and back into the gym straight afterwards. Um, oh, right on. So, yeah, f- finished up work, went down to the dojo and, and threw some weapons around for an hour or so and uh, met up with another one of my senior students. He came in and we did some work and did the same again Thursday. Been doing oh. some research work throughout the week on a kata I'm, I'm learning. And, um, yeah, nursing a, a leg injury, which has been plaguing me for most of last year. Uh, it's, oh. not enjoying, it's not enjoying getting used again. So, um, yeah, I've got to work a around, way around that. And oh, keep man. training while I'm at it. How yes. about you?
0: Um, well, we've—I've been such so teach kind of uh, a, a ne- never-ending international um, ESL program. Mm. So literally, we've been—I've been working nonstop even through like Christmas and New Year. So like we had we had like one or two days off for um, Christmas and new year. And then we had to like not be in the building for new year's Eve. And then mm-hmm. my boss got to us and like, Oh, by the way, you're not getting paid for new year's Eve. And we're like, what? And so, um, there was, there's kind a of mass, there was a little bit of mass writing about not getting paid for not working on a holiday that we weren't sure forced to not work on. So yeah. But, um, training, training wise, uh, getting back in the gym slowly, um, actually tried out intermittent fasting for a little while and mm. any brosef broseph who tries to get get on me about like oh you quit after a couple of days i'm like no i just don't function without food in the morning yeah yeah so funny that I... so i like i i kind of noticed a little bit of like changing effect but it i guess for those who like get on it and like just keep on doing it that's fine but it just doesn't work for my schedule because i get up at like Four or five in the morning, I start doing all sorts of different stuff, and like by the time it like nine or was nine or ten rolls around, it's like been up for that much time, mm-hmm. and then I've got to go, go do more work and like run around most of the day. So I'm like, sure. there's there's no. It's for people who have like more of a, like a nine to five deal. It's a lot easier, but I'm just not someone who that's that's just not going to work for me. so sure. I'm, I'm working just on you know keep everything healthy uh-huh. and keep relatively speaking. That being said, I did get Sicilian pizza for my students today. Eh, that's but not am, a bad thing. But it, that made me a great teacher. That's what, <laughs> that's all. because none of them ha- had it apparently before. Huh. So, so I you know, felt pretty felt pretty good about introducing something new to them.
1: Yeah, um, cultural experience it's a good thing.
0: Indeed, that's what I'm all about in terms of yeah you yeah. do in terms of work. Um, dojo karate wise so far has just been, I have one or two private students right around here and i have actually, actually helps dovetail us nicely into our kind of topic of the day um, is one of my students who had been training for about a year. Um, she started, she contacted me New Year's day, like last, last year. And was like, I want to start training. I had these XYZ limitations. It actually turned out she had... Throughout the year, we discovered, you know, she was losing weight and she was doing fine. And it was like one day we were working on the bag, um, and she just kind of collapsed. And we were like, "Is everything okay?" Like she went to the doctor and everything, and it turned out she had like a much like harder like uh, overall problem with her body that just wow. hadn't been diagnosed. Um, but that actually didn't stop her. And huh. she just oh, kept, good for her! Yeah, she kept on pressing through, and she, you know, and she just kept on working. So, you know, lots and lots of props to her. Shout out to her, even though I won't, I won't try to name names because you know, privacy of and stuff. Yeah. But like, um, she just kept on working, and I thought, like, hey, we got into the new year, we might as well try to throw on some kobudo, mm-hmm. and um, because it kind of done a little bit here and there. Um, did a little bit with Sai, but Sai is kind of something a little odd to start with. But we actually went with Tombo. Sure. Um, just because we just work out in our house. It's winter in the northern hemisphere, so we're not going outside with Bow. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of people will be like, "How dare you not start with Bow?" I'm like, Man. Uh, um, sorry, but um, I started out with Tombo." Oh.
1: What? Just just answer them back when they say, "How dare you start not start with bow?" Go well, the whole Filipino nation don't do it that way. Why why, why shouldn't you know? Why can't we do something different? Well, I don't yeah. I don't think I've seen a Filipino martial art that starts with a bow.
0: No, I, so I
1: yeah, what
0: of it? A lot of that and a lot of that comes out of necessity and th- things that are around, yeah. right? Not yeah, necessarily. Absolutely. Well, and I, well, I just happened to have. It's funny enough. I had two. I had two pairs of. Tombo, and I and went to having a 1.5 pairs of Tombo. I went to a seminar, sure. just and it's basically turned into a RD drills. And I lost. Somebody stole it. One of my the one I was using. so I made off with it, even though it clearly had like someone. I had someone else. is somebody I knew from high school, and they wrote their name on it. And so I forever have that person's Tombo. Sure. and Now it's gone. Somewhere. Now you forever don't have it. Yeah, Not forever don't have it. So, yeah, yeah. it's teaching a two stick kata mm-hmm. to somebody with just one other stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, funny enough, you were the first person to teach me that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Back in, like, the, oh. back in the trees in Missouri. <laughs> oh, lord. <That laughs> yeah. What, are the, what oh. were the odds of that, huh?
0: Well, yeah.
1: Um, you know, you raise an interesting point about about starting with the tanbo because. Often and well, not often, but just about every class uh, of regular class that I teach, we make our warm ups with weapons. So we have a big stack of car tires in the corner and right. one person holds the tire at chest height. The other person gets a tambo or a, a, a screamer stick, if you're not familiar with the term tambo. Right. Um, and we do uh, varying time rounds um, of hit the tire as hard and as fast as you possibly can. But it's not about technique. This is about smash the living crap out of it. And I I often say to people, hit that thing like it just punched your grandmother or, or hit that tire like it stole your Xbox. And we'll do a one minute, maybe a two minute. And if I'm feeling really cruel, I'll make them do three minute rounds. Um, And what we find is we do three, four, five rounds of that. And, if you're going as hard as you possibly can, hitting a tyre for three minutes, the other person who's holding the tyre at chest height, um, hanging onto it for three minutes, by the time you've done five rounds of this, you don't need a warm-up. You are ready to go. And then we move straight into training from there. So we'll, often we'll do striking drills on the tyres or we'll do, like you say, an Arnis or, or Filipino type, um, just a, a stick, clicky-clacky stick, hitting together drills for coordination and things like that, it makes a great part of a warm-up. Um, it makes it interesting. I teach in a in an environment where there's at least one other class running at the same time as mine in a different martial art, and we can have 150 people walking around our venue at any one time um, all looking at what everyone else is doing. And I've found that if I just have guys lined up just doing line work, standing there throwing basics and things, people look, then they keep walking. If they're standing there hitting tires, hitting sticks, throwing each other around the place, and this is part of our warm up, people stop and watch and they pay attention. So for me, that's been a good thing. So, you, you know, like you say, you, sometimes you start with a bow, sometimes we hit the tire with a bow. Um, yeah. Yeah. But for pure convenience, it's easier for me to have 20 single <laughs> sticks lying around than it is to have 20 bow lying around. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. That, that's how I kick my classes off.
0: Yeah, I I think, like, the, what's happened a lot is that people see the the standard, you know, start with the bow, and mm-hmm. they see a six-foot stick that they can't, they can only go maybe outside for, be in a special place for at any given time, and sure. it becomes hard for them to actually imagine being able to practice with that at any given mm-hmm. time. Now, mm-hmm. like, good bow guys I know don't care. That they will pick up that six foot stick and manage to make it work, even in a confined space.
1: Yes, that's right. In a room with a six foot four ceiling, you can still make it work if you're committed. Yeah. But like you say, when you're a when you're a beginner student, that's not feasible. It's it's enough to move the unwieldy thing around, yeah. um, let alone have to get concerned about what damage you're doing to the furniture. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I agree with that fully.
0: Well, and I think there's what 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 gets people about Kobo which it, which is going to be our topic for today um, what's the purpose of it how does this mesh even into karate or even on the Okinawan side of things because we see stuff like Filipino our knees, or Screamer or Kali um, or even some of the stuff that Krav does and it's all knife defense, gun defense this is the only thing that matters and even in a lot more Genzai Budo, like Shotokan, and more the stuff of Japanese karate and less Okinawan karate. Mm-hmm. You'll be maybe hard pressed to see somebody have more than a bow or sai sure. around. So I think you know that's 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 what mostly kind of sets Okinawans apart. But mm-hmm. it makes people wonder what's the, what's the purpose. What's the reason for it? Other than mm-hmm. it looks cool. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's... It goes into the chicken and egg thing. Uh, what, what came first? Having a weapon or having empty hands? I,
1: I think the answer to that question is what makes more sense?
0: Yeah, If
1: you're going to go, go to that guy over there and cause him bodily harm, and you have a choice between using your fist or using the short piece of steel bar I've got, I'm going to take the steel bar. If it's essential that that guy gets hurt and that I come back home, I'm taking the steel bar. I'm not taking any chances. Right. So, you know, history would, or, or the, uh, what do we say here? The, the common explanations of history as I understand it, martial arts history as I understand it was, everyone learnt weapons first and empty hand came later yeah. until people weren't allowed weapons. And then it was, well, you learn the empty hand and we'll teach you the weapons later if we get around to it. Um, which got us to where we are today, so I think every society in existence, once they worked out that using a, a rock in your hand was better than just using your hand, they must have taught people to fight with a weapon if we didn't that was just dumb um, right. so that 's my thoughts on the matter i mean I mean it makes sense you you i i can 't see you know, since i 've been involved in an in, in an art with a an integrated weapons curriculum as opposed to an art that has just tried to clip on whatever they could find oh yeah um, the importance of weapons has become paramount to me uh so i've trained if you listen to our previous episode i I sort of went through the the places i've dabbled around and played in um and and I, i trained in a lot of martial arts, a lot of systems where they yes, we have weapons, but that's you know what they don't tell you is that's because we stole it off a video that we saw somewhere.
0: Oh, um, yeah. And that, yeah. And, well, and I think it's interesting because you think back in the day um, and you look at some of the history in Okinawa, um, to drop some, to drop a little more uh, names on term and kind of add what you were just saying, in sure. Okinawa they had weapons, but it was more the people who The army had weapons. You go to most of the most people don't get that. Okinawa, like they actually had swords, they actually had spears, they learned, but they got a lot of that from whatever they had who was ever passing by. And a lot of it was coming from China, and they would get stuff from Japan, but it was a, it was a, and whatever they could kind of mix together with what they, sure, yeah. Um, and I think. When Satsuma came down, Satsuma being the, the guy who was ruling most of uh, the, of the southern, island, southern part of Japan, Kyushu. When yeah, he came down, he came in, that, they were the
1: losers of the big war, right? The, sorry, the, Satsuma, got, the Satsuma got down there, or the, the whole problem arose. Weren't they one side of the, the big shogun war that I can't think of the name of right now?
0: Uh, we're 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 gonna be look like terrible Japanese historians if I start answering that question. Uh, but
1: uh, <laughs> I already do look like a terrible Japanese historian. <laughs> but I admit it. <laughs> yeah. right.
0: I, I have a little more skin in that game. Uh, Fair enough. But it, and, well, I he was on a conquering spree. That's, yeah, sure. that's essentially what was going on. That he had a stronghold in in Kagoshima. He was trying, and at that time, people were there. Was a ton. There was you say there's a Shogun War. I mean, like which one? There was tons yeah, 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 of yeah, going yeah. around like they would one, shuffle one. shuffle in and out, and it was in. And everyone, everyone who explains this story acts like this is something that like happened overnight. Blah blah blah. It did not happen overnight. It, this was not something that the Sosma just came down and was just like, well, we own the island now. Like. They had to stop on the way down because there's yeah. a lot more. There's a couple more islands on the way down than just Okinawa. Um, and so they, people knew they were coming, and there was actually just like today in any other political system, there was pro and anti, um, and there so there was pro China and, and pro Japan sides. Um, regardless of that, though, when they came down, they did they did ban weapons. Well, very much in the vein that uh, after a certain point, they banned swords. Mm. So there wasn't, I mean, probably about 100, 200-year difference, but it wasn't anything different than what was already going on. Sure. So, And I'm not getting any any pro or anti-weapon stances of any other matter. So if anyone wants to get, get, get in that, like, don't at me, guys. Like I don't. I don't care about that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We're exactly. just talking. We're, yeah. we're just talking about karate and kobudo. Yeah, um, and kind of why it came out to be this way. But then, the, as legend goes, karate was created, but karate was already there. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was just something They did teach those weapons at first, but the yep. people. A lot of people now who say that didn't learn it that way, most likely. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of a lot, of, uh, here it goes. Except <laughs> that's all. every podcast needs to get done. Um, but I, I think a lot of people didn't actually learn it that way. Um, but I think we've we benefited a, a lot from learn, learning learning and integrating that into karate. Yeah, but when you say like people clicked on stuff they learned from videos. I don't really think that's, though I think that is a bit of an issue, it is a little inauthentic, I don't think that's anything really different than what people used to do, because mm-hmm. when there were study groups in and people were pretty much anywhere. When any study group would get together, people would just exchange Forms or exchange ideas or techniques and stuff like that. So yep. when they do that, it's just a means of exchanging it. Um,
1: yeah. Where I have a problem with it, where, where, or, or where it's always, it's not, not even that I have a problem with it, where it's always grated my gears is when someone has martial art X, whatever it happens to be, they go out and they rip off some weapons forms from martial arts A, B, and C, um, whatever they happen to be, they steal either the carter or the drills, whatever, verbatim, unchanged, push them into martial art X, call it their own, and claim that it's authentic. That's where I have a problem with it. It's, right. You know, at, le- at least be honest, man. Give credit where it's due. Sure, I teach, you know, in the, as an example, you know, Mr. Martial Arts X, in my, in, as I feel about it, he, he should have the, the balls to stand up and say, look, I teach martial art X, We're going to look at some stick training, but I took that from Martial Art A over here. At least be honest about it. Give credit where it's due, man. Don't stand there and go, 400 years ago, great master Wu um, invented this pattern uh, for the short stick, which just happens to look exactly like the one that Martial Art A do, but it's not theirs. I hate that. I can't stand people who do that. It's inauthentic it's just bullshit it's outright bullshit so that's where I have a problem with it and where I was going before like now that I'm studying a martial art where the kobudo is integrated it is part of the art it always has been it ties to the empty hand properly um the two can be taught separately but it leaves such a gaping hole when you take one element away from the other that it, it just doesn't feel right um now that I'm working in an art that's like that, I, I couldn't. I could never go back to an art where you just, um, you know, rip off with someone else's shit and call it your own. That just doesn't work for me.
0: Yeah, and I even where, where we do we do pretty much more or less the same kata. Uh-huh. Even even where there's clearly they, they're using kata from another or it's shared by other people. Yeah, recognition gets put on there. That Absolutely. It comes, and that this comes from, from here. Yeah. Now, that goes into kind of, kind of, you know, how far does lineage go in terms of actual practicality? But, like, man, we get into it like this. You know, why is the, what's the point of doing the six-foot staff? Or what's the point of doing the bow? It's not a bow staff, people. It's not a bow staff. They're a bow <laughs> or a staff. We're getting that out of the way right now. So they're a bow <laughs> or a staff. Knock it the fuck off. All right? Yeah. Yeah. We just got out of PG rating. All right. Cool. That's all right. Well, Wait, you guys have that down in New Zealand? Like P- yeah, P- we do. P-13?
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same stuff, but <laughs> here's, here's to digress and sideline a little bit, but talking about exactly that. So we had um, the instructor that you and I shared for a number of years came down right. to New Zealand, and one of his first trips down here, he was walking along the uh, the city council reserve, which backs onto my house. And um, this this gent comes from the Midwest in the states and one of the things i noticed when i first went to the states was how polite the kids were all these kids (laughs) that compared with new zealand kids of the same age these kids that were at karate camps were so polite everything was yes sir no ma'am thank you sir I, i was stunned and amazed anyway this guy's walking down the back of my section and he's he's walking along and A couple of 10-year-old kids walk past, and within one sentence, they managed to drop the F-bomb and the C-bomb about four times. And this guy comes back to my house. He was pale as a ghost, and he goes, I I just can't believe it. I can't believe what those children said. And I remember saying to him, just going, yeah, we've sort of kept you sheltered from what language in New Zealand is really like. We we come to the States and really, really behave. So, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It was always okay. it was a great eye-opening moment. That one. it was it was funny from a New Zealand point of view, but there was a lot of shocked Americans in my house as he yeah. retold that story. They couldn't believe that a ten-year-old would use language like that. I'm like, just go and listen to the guys who live over in the house next to mine, man. It's it's everyday it's, it's everyday language. Everybody uses it around here.
0: Yeah, so, I don't think we get too many five-year-olds tuning in, so I think we're all right. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we look. We talk about we talk about the bow. And the bow has got, got like a ton of uses for, for just itself. But when you think about applying it to empty hand, most of those katas, if you're looking at it from a wider perspective than just having the bow, body position, where your hands are, where everything is, if you're training the bow right, you should be able to divine more stuff from that than just oh it's a bow technique oh this is how oh. we do bow oh yeah, this is, what bow is. so yeah. and i think that that applies to the longer weapons you're mr Nunti bow yourself right so i mean oh
1: phew. it's it's remarkably rusty i haven't practiced a Nunte in a very long time but um no you're you're exactly right and like when i'm teaching students um, bo- what, what you and I both call Bokihon, right? It's a kata right. from the Oyata lineage there. And we're teaching Bokihon and just the opening motions and, you know, from Yoi through to about the third move. Um, if you get that flowing, I get students that show them that one step at a time and, oh, this is hard and it doesn't feel right. And go, okay, watch this. And you do it with flow and without breaking the movement. And they see this movement go, oh, that's easy for you. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. Now I'll put the bow down. Now watch my hands. And do yeah. the same sequence of movements without a bow in your hand. And say to them, you know, can you see how that ties back to the empty hand kata that you see us practice and how it ties to the bunkai and the drills and all the other things we do and the covering movements? Does that make sense? And that's when they have an epiphany. They go, ah, oh, got it. I see the reason behind this now. And all of a sudden, it makes sense, and, and we can move forward from there. Um, and, that's, and then they start looking at other weapons the same
0: way. Yeah. and I mean, it all directly applies to it. And I, I see so many people try to divorce the two. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make much – because my history with Kobudo was more or less what a lot of people dealt with up until the point – actually, you and me met – where it was like, I just, you know, add our knees in and then, oh, look, there's a bow and a sai kata and, and that's it. Yeah. There, there is, you know, you, you handle a sai and you handle it right. You're building muscles.
1: Oh, yes. That
0: I don't think can, like, they can probably get built by, do, by doing different, different, thi- different exercises, but there's something weirdly specific about flipping sai. Sure. And I'm not just talking about flip side, flip side, flip side, but with intention and with proper technique. Yeah, you know that builds your wrists in such a way that mm-hmm. doing empty hand technique it builds a heavy hand. Mm-hmm. Um, people would wonder how do you do that? It just in do executing the technique correctly, then yeah. take the take the side away, and then start executing the techniques from heavy hand.
1: Yeah, that's a huge part of that. Yep. So
0: I don't really see. I don't really see where people, you know, just do empty hand kata. It's yep, not. Yep. It's not going to equal that, right? Yeah.
1: No, so, I agree with that fully. One of the other points that I look at, uh, and I, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I hate exercise. There's nothing I can't stand. I, I, I passionately dislike exercise for the sake of exercise. It drives me batshit crazy. I have better things to do with my time. So if I'm doing exercise of some form, I better be learning something or improving a skill while I'm doing it. If I'm on my treadmill, um, on the TV in front of me will be a documentary or something that I can learn from. Um, I, I can't stand just going to a gym and pushing weight. I'll do it, time you know now and again. I'll, I'll go for a burst at it and do it for a while and just go. Ah, oh, come on. That just cost me an hour where I could actually be getting better at other things. Um, so to me, the importance of the Kobudo training is that. it's I can practice the kata and work on drills and techniques with whatever weapon I happen to have in my hand at the time, and I'm gaining fitness, I'm gaining strength and, uh, and ability at my martial art while I'm at it without just pointlessly moving weight from position A to position B. Um, and don't even get me started on CrossFit, good Lord.
0: I, uh, know, I, don't, I I don't know what that's about. Oh, this is like you're crossing the fitness? Like I, what, Yeah.
1: Is that, you want to like do correct? CrossFit? To, I, to I, me, I, if I want to do CrossFit, I'm going to pick up weapons and do it with my karate. There's CrossFit. Boom. And I'm actually gaining something out of it. I, I don't see a reason to um, just lift 100 kilos over my head 400 times in 10 minutes um, because that's what the dude I'm paying told me to do. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off. have got better things to do than that. Well, and do I know, something
0: constructive. I'm from Philly, so I mean Rocky. So we're, we're kind of like, it's kind of built in as like, you got to run. You got to train. Yeah. You got to eat raw eggs. Um, but yeah, or not. <laughs> I, I enjoy, I frankly enjoy that. I I do enjoy it because I've done like marathons and triathlons and stuff like that. Sure. And I'm, after... Counting injuries I sustained about a year and a, half, a year and a half ago, um, I'm just trying to get back to that level of fitness to do that. But I under, I agree with you that like, if there's not a goal in sight, because uh-huh. I I see that stuff as all right. I'm gonna work this today so I can get better at that. I'm yep. gonna work that so I can get better going towards that direction. Even if it's a boring time. Like, and there's there's ways of making that stuff more interesting because you're building. Even when you're doing exercise in terms of like lifting weights, you're still building that skill. Um, do you're gonna your Nahachi is gonna be stronger, yeah. your bow is gonna be stronger because you are stronger. Yeah. But how you actually translate that strength into martial arts, not just pure raw hit, 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 which ninety nine percent of people won't do, know how to deal with. Yep, you know. That's
1: a, that's, yeah, that's where I'm, I come from with that. Yeah, yeah, and that's. See, I mean, that's part of the whole kobudo thing for me. Is in my dojo, if I have one of my black belts uh, take a warm up in class, quite often it'll just turn into um, exercises or just do calisthenics. Okay, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, that's that's where you're at in your development. When I'm taking a warm up, I would far prefer. Uh, in fact, we do this quite a bit. You know, we'll do the let's hit it with sticks. Hit the tires right. with sticks, right, form up, get in the line. Let's do um, five exercises and five carter back-to-back without a break. Put everything you've got into it. Put all your effort in. You do that, that'll take up, you know, you're doing 10 things there at two minutes apiece. There's 20 minutes, yeah. plus the time you just spent on the sticks. Bingo, we just had a 30-minute warm-up. If you're not sweating and you're not panting at the end of that, that isn't my problem. That's oh. a you thing. You didn't put the effort in to get your body to that level. I regularly get to the point, and part of it's because I'm unfit, but well, I'm not as fit as I'd like to be. But I regularly get to the point where I'm running a warm-up. If I'm taking part of it, part in it, I can't actually count anymore because I've run out because I'm going hard. I want to work hard when I'm warming up. So, uh, you know, it, it just seems right to me. So, uh, yeah. But I use the weapons for that. That's where I was trying to tie that and get back to what we're supposed to be talking about.
0: Suppose, let's buy out. You can go anywhere with that. <laughs> Um, that's what, it's different. No, no one. No one's looking over our shoulders. Um, Not
1: at all. So well, here's okay. Here's another point. Let's let's digress a little, but keep it on the on the kobudo topic. Right. One of the big ones. People look in my um, in my dojo. We have a lot of Muay Thai. We have a lot of um, Brazilian jiu jitsu people where I train it.
0: All the people you know, who will set who all the 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 worst parts of those people who will will say what are you doing man you're yeah. not doing what you know you're not yeah. getting on the ground ground and yeah. pound and by the way if you're Brazilian jiu jitsu or Muay Thai listening to this you you you're doing fine like I yeah, yeah. we don't have any problem with you we have oh, we have problem yeah. we have problems with the, like there's Nasian people on the side on on the side of traditional Okinawan martial arts too yeah, but, yeah. but the but the like the kind of like like W, or not, I was going to say WWE, but I, those guys actually do risk a lot when they go out and do their thing, even yeah. as great as it is. But, um, you know, the MMA people or the UFC people who are just, you know,
1: yeah, know, yeah, yeah,
0: bro, bro team. Um, yeah, there's, there's
1: some dickheads out there, let's be honest. So, yeah. yeah, we get these guys, they're watching us, and we're moving, you know, we're swinging sai around. And they're going, what's the point? You're never going to carry those down the street with you. Correct. Or we're working nunchaku. You're never going to carry nunchaku down the street.
0: Correct. You cannot uh, have nunchaku in Canada.
1: Well, there you go. How? How? Yeah, man, that's discriminatory.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: um, so yeah, you can't I, I have, have these things. You can't carry that. them down the street. And they're right. Of course they're right. You can't argue that. But if you understand how nunchaku work as a flexible weapon for grappling and takedown purposes, and and I teach this in my nunchaku classes, we'll, we'll go through and do six classes of nunchaku. Then for number seven and eight, I'll bring in the chain and I'll bring in an appliance cord and we'll bring in like a handbag, not my handbag. Um, I don't, I don't use my handbag for shit like that. I only bring it out for special occasions. Um, We'll bring in examples of flexible things, a bike chain that you've got lying around and execute the techniques with those. Right. And then people see the connection and go, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I've got a tow rope in the back of the car. Yes, of course you do. Oh, I have a belt around my jeans. Mm, yeah. Do you see why I carry my car keys on a piece of two-foot chain with a clip on the end? Hmm. It's for those reasons. That, you know, that's, that's the connection to the dunchuck. You want to talk about psi? Well, you know, you need to be able to handle a piece of heavy, a short piece of pipe is not hard to find. Short piece of stick, particularly the Tarnbow, not hard to find. Um, knife training is universal. Yeah. So just because the weapons we train are hundreds of years old and, and steeped in history and all the rest, um, doesn't mean they're not immediately applicable to what is real in today's society. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty easy to, to be working in a place and pick up a piece of flat steel bar. If you're working on an industrial site um, or, or places like that, it's not hard to find. It's not hard oh. to find something that's 18 inches long, an inch round, and solid enough to crack a skull if need be. Not hard to find.
0: And that's and that's what where I think a lot of and this is interesting because we talk about kind of clip on the clip on version of weapons is yeah. that it's not clip on. You have to integrate. It. You have to integrate it. Otherwise, you're. Just, I mean, you can just. Kick and punch, and we, there's people in, the, in, in this who don't understand that you need to work on kick and punch before you start yes. doing that stuff. Because if you're not also working on kick and punch, then kick and punch won't be good. Then the bare yep. basics of what you are supposed to be doing in, mar- in karate are already failing. Yep. But if you are not integrating tonfa and bow or whatever weapon you want to practice, because it doesn't need to be exhaustive. You can, mm-hmm. you can just integrate five weapons and you can decide upon that and that's yep. fine, in my yep. opinion. We don't yep. because we have a kind of a lineage that we, that we follow. Some people are a little more verklempt on terms of what's going on with it, but whatever. Uh, yeah. but like, for like Tumpha, t- for example, that's, po- that's a police baton. That can, yeah. that can be... If you like yeah. And There's tons of applications with that that crossover into, like, Kama, oddly enough. And, yeah. You know, you go over to Japan, you go, and you go down to the, uh, you go at not just the islands, but also the mainland, they're carrying around Kama. Yeah, yeah. Funny thing was, I was in a dojo in Okinawa, and we was, I was kind of doing do a visit. It's kind of one of the more rougher translation times I've ever had, but um the head of that school was saying there's no point in doing a double comma weapon or weapons cutter or something like that because it makes no sense. Uh-huh. No one does that. Mm-hmm. Everyone who does farming just hacks away with one. Yeah, which makes and, sense. And there's no makes zero sense why yep. these, why you're doing a double comma cutter. That being said, when I first got to when I first got there, there was like grass, grass probably two feet tall, and we yeah. had the poisonous habu snake on our island. For those who don't know, the, the habu snake is indigenous to the Rukyu Islands, uh, on about three or four of the islands. And if it bites you in the right muscle, in the right muscle groups, um, you have about thirty seconds until you start those muscles start liquefying from the poison. If it bites <laughs> you in the neck, you're more or less dead. Hmm. So. We had kids living in our apartment complex, so I just went out there. It was possibly, probably around the first two weeks and just started hacking away at the grass until I got about halfway through before it mm-hmm. just got too hot. Next day, people are out there with like, weed whackers and stuff. They're like, yeah, the foreign English teacher shouldn't have been doing this. This needed to get done a long time ago. Sure. But what is it? One of the oddest things... Two... The oddest times I've ever had with Cobato was just in terms of their transport, and it had everything to do with Canada. Uh huh. So I went up to Canada one time with an old student of mine. It was my roommate at the time, and we brought Cy. Mm-hmm. and oh. we had to de- We decided to declare them. It was mm-hmm. weird because we went up to Canada and we went back, and when we. And for whatever reason, from the U.S., you know, it used to just be you just be able to just show your driver's license or ID and get through the, the border just fine. And it sure. was like three days after we had get gotten out of Canada, we were like, hey, let's go back tonight. And so we were driving up, and we hit a lot of traffic, and then we finally get to the border, and we say, okay, here are our IDs. And they're like, no, these aren't passports. How dare you? And like uh-huh. trying to interrogate us and all that <laughs> stuff. And we, they were, like, looking through the car, and they were like, what are these? And my buddy just goes, <laughs> large metal forks. We're carrying large metal forks, <laughs> just trying to shut me up from any any possible weapon explanation. Yeah. But the second time, I was just traveling to Japan, and I, uh, one of my other uh, students had given me a custom pair of nunchucks, a really nice, really heavy, that was taking over with me from the U.S., Uh uh-huh. I Rooting through Canada, and I went to the customs guy, and was just rooting through there. I wasn't, I wasn't getting out there, and yeah. I was like, "Well, I've got nunchucks in in one of my care, uh, in one of my bags." He's like, "You're bringing nunchucks into Canada," and I was like, no, "I'm not going to Canada, I'm going to Japan." He's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah." I'm like, "What the f- what the hell, man? We just, just passed COVID. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why do you hate COVID so much?"
1: <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, you want to be something we're talking. uh, Yeah, that's right. Talking about applications, weapons, whatnot. Um, So in my curriculum, we teach sort of a dozen basic bow applications, which are taken straight from from, uh, lessons that I've been taught that are authentic to our lineage. Now, when my students are learning, they learn the bow first. And then the next kata they learn is is Joe Kihon. And then the next belt, they get to play with Tanbo. So we we have a different basic weapon for every belt in round figures as they move through the curriculum. Now, so you've learned the the bow. And while you're learning the Joe kata, also in the curriculum says bow bunkai numbers one to six, I think it is. Um, So you learn those, and that's cool. Then you come along, you're learning the next weapon. It says, oh, Joe Bunkai numbers one to six. And what surprises people is they go, wow, what are the Joe Bunkai? What are the Joe Bunkai? And I go, cool. You know the the bow ones you learned? Yeah, right. Now learn to do those same motions with the Joe. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. And then they come along, they learn the next weapon, and they, they eventually get to say nunchaku. Yeah, nunchaku, nunchaku Bunkai. That's cool, cool. You know the ones you've for the Joe and the bow and the tanbo now? now work out how to make them work with the nunchaku. So what I'm teaching, at the bottom line, the students learn basic kata for eight different weapons as they progress towards a black belt, but they only learn six applications um, along the way. But they learn those six applications with eight different weapons. And we also take a rough look at how they could work empty hands as well. The idea is not to, um, to swamp a student's mind with, here's all these different techniques that you need to learn. Now go away and learn them. The idea is to get them to realize that there are common principles shared across multiple tool sets, whether it's a weapons tool set, an empty hands tool set, a grappling tool set, I don't care. There are multiple principles, common principles between them. And when you can learn to spot those, that's when you really understand martial arts. Um, And that's the whole thing even about empty-handed kata bunkai. It's not about having... Uh, being authentic and having the right bunkai for every kata, I don't believe that at all, I, I've i got myself to a point now where I believe and this applies to weapons as well is look at the motion at the movements and work out what you can do with it because that's what the bunkai is it's what you do with it, it's not what some other guy did with it, use their stuff as inspiration but you put it together yourself um, and if you do it right with weapons then it makes your empty hand stronger
0: right Sorry, we're probably going to have a dog barking at one point. There we go. Oh, like that. There we go. Yeah, just like that. He's um, just
1: agreeing, man.
0: That's exactly. That's yeah. what I always t- tell him. Yeah, he, the problem is. He's a house dog that needs to be. So.
1: <laughs> and there we've gone. We've gone muted for a moment <laughs> while John sorts out his dog. Pretty sure we can edit this bit out. Yeah,
0: so says you.
1: Oh. There we go. We'll just edit that chunk out where the dog decided, yeah, dog, dog had to put his two cents with it. I believe if I understood it right, it was, um, it was addressing the, the same common principles between burying bones and <laughs> using kobudo weapons.
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Or he, something like that. His, his teeth are, his, his teeth got up. I've been trying to teach him, but he does, it doesn't really get, well, he's gone from being, seeing me do karate, he's like, all right, we're going to play, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing your thing, I'm going to sit here eating my bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, 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 he's varying degrees of, the problem is we have, it, we have a house dog in an apartment, so, black clap, German shepherd in a, in a three bedroom apartment's not. Yeah, it's going to be hard work.
1: Yeah, it it tends
0: to be the problem is he thinks the whole apartment complex is his, and yeah, LCC's is like, no, you're not supposed yeah. to be here.
1: But, you mean it's not his? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But what I what I get at with the Kobudo the is that I mean you hit the nail on the head is that bunkai is your own, that, that ultimately that karate needs to be your own, that cold fluid, that technique needs to be your own because you need to do it.
1: It has to be.
0: So many people like attribute that concept to Bruce Lee, or kind of like it's a modern concept. This has been something people have been doing for since they've been able to pick up a weapon, since they've been able to put something together. So th- if anyone thinks that oh, if I'm not, I'm not doing it right, does it work? You're doing it right. Now you might not do be doing it optimally, but yeah, you're doing it. You make it work. Yep. You make it work. Like, yeah, that
1: makes sense. Yep.
0: I, I think there's ways, you know, there's people who have a very good understanding of, like, body positioning, for example, yep. and, or how a stance needs to be done and then how that's going to actually come out and come out in a kumite-type situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, On summer camp, we, we had a Kobano summer camp out here uh, hosted by uh, a top guy, and I was asking him like, uh, "How do you, you know, come up?" We were doing one of his drills, and I was asking him, well, "How do you come up with that drill?" He's like, "Come at me with a stick," and I just came out with a bow. He's like, "Well, I just that's just what came out because I practice the kata." Yeah. And so that's yeah. how I just kind of came up with it because we just started seeing how stuff got put together, and then all right, well, that's how that came out of that kata. Moving on. So I was very nonchalant about it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So, I'll take I'll take that for for what it's worth. Um, there there isn't there isn't a whole lot more I could really say in terms of the Kobono, Kobono because for us we see Kobono as just of course, but for a lot of people I think they think it's something that they can't access or do. It's just an ancient thing, or it's not really useful. But I think yep. it's just as useful as anything else. But it's just how how well does it apply to what you're doing, and yeah. whoever you're under, whoever you're doing stuff with, says no, it's 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 impractical and unfeasible. Hey, fine if that's kind of the direction you want to go in, but if you want to try to take a step out, a step out from that, you know, give it a give it a try.
1: And Absolutely, yeah. And, you, um, yeah, yeah. No, you you did right, and you know, for anyone. Anyone out there is thinking about it going, well, you know, maybe I should be adding this to my martial arts. How could I learn this? How can I pick this stuff up? You know, there's plenty of places where you can start. Buy a weapon and have a play. Jump on YouTube, have a look at what people are doing. Just, just dabble around. Um, just be honest about where you got it from. Like I was saying earlier, give credit where it's due. But th- there's always a way to, um, yeah, there's always a way to improve what you're doing just by having a dabble. And to anyone who says that it's not relevant in the modern world, yeah, yeah, just pick it up and play, man. Pick yeah. it up and play. You'll have one, you'll have a lot of fun. It's an incredibly challenging. It's a great coordination exercise. It's a lot of fun. And then as soon as you start moving around, looking at different things, um, I'm sitting here in my kitchen. In my head is a picture of Psy, si, and sitting on my bench is a knife sharpening steel. You can't get a lot closer than those two things. Yeah. Um, what I can do with Si, I can certainly do with that knife sharpening steel. Uh, so you know, it is interchangeable information. And if you're really stuck and you don't know who to talk to or where to get started, drop us a line in the comments. Either John or I would would welcome the opportunity to introduce people to the right people in the right places to help you get that working. So yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's enjoy not, it's, the
1: enjoy the journey.
0: Yeah, it's not that hard to. I mean, it's not that hard to reach out to us or like any. Else, to yeah, like, would was. know that, and yeah. and once you make it as your own, and he was talking a little bit. <laughs> about authenticity, even the dog, the dog and the dog agrees. agrees. Look, he agrees. <laughs> He's, getting He's getting angry because other people don't agree. Um, sure, but it's it's also like this. You were talking about authenticity. Authenticity, <laughs> making it work. Yeah. that's where it comes down to.
1: I think that's yeah. Actually, that you, that's actually that's a bit of a mind, uh, bit of a mind fuck. Actually, because yeah, authent the new authenticity is being able to use it and being able to make it work, um, as opposed to it's historically correct and hasn't changed for a couple of hundred years.
0: And how I has think changed for a couple of hundred years,
1: how has yeah.
0: it not
1: changed? Yeah. And I, I think that that whole idea that authenticity is being able to make it work—that's actually I'm going to focus on that for the week. That's really good because that's a core message that the BJJ people put out there, right? right. Our, our art's so good because we make it work, and without doubt, they do make it work. They're not the only ones that make their arts work. Um, and that whole sentence, yeah, that's really cool, man. That's that's a good ending thought. Yeah. And and wep- weapons weapons training with empty hands training. If it's authentic, you'll be able to make both work really well. So that's that's a fantastic note to end on, man.
0: I hope. Um, well, it
1: works for me. <laughs>
0: um, what, are you, what are you working on this week? What am
1: I working on this week? So uh, my regular classes don't kick off again until the 21st of January. Okay. So, um, A, I'm enjoying a little bit of holiday time. But uh, on my regular nights, regular teaching nights, I still go into the dojo. And I've been working on Joe Carter um, uh, over this last week and on a, uh, on a complicated advanced Carter, which you know bits of. Um, okay. I've been starting to repair my knowledge of that, rebuild my knowledge of that, and share it with my senior students. So, yeah, this week I'll be working a bit more on that Carter, um, sharing it with uh, probably two of my senior guys who will drop into the dojo uh, and get a bit of a workout in, yeah, blow the dust off everything, and get ready for classes kicking off on the twenty first um, oh, wow. this year, uh, around about the first week of february we 're actually kicking off a youth class, uh, which is something i haven 't taught before, um, so we 're going to teach a class aimed at kids aged between eleven and uh, eleven and fifteen so i 'm not a big fan of teaching uh, to younger children than that. I find it very difficult myself. Um, So I've agreed to have a go at teaching a group of kids between 11 and 15 and trying to build them up as uh, what we're calling as a marketing term, feedstock for our adult class, get these kids engaged at that younger age so that as they they get in past 15, uh, they're late teens, young adults, and they're really keen to carry on with martial arts. They move into our adult class and go from there.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I I have yet to be able to really get a class like that off the off the ground. Um, I'm hoping I can. I can. I'm. You know, I've since I've taught in elementary schools. I can. I know how to deal with that a little a little more. Especially with the martial arts aspect, it's easier to kind of keep. I feel feel it's easy easier to keep them in line. But you know, I've I've again I've never really had to deal with that on my as as my own class. Sure. Um, yeah, what I'm doing is th- this week is just trying to get a decent schedule for myself going um, between mm-hmm. kind of developing a, a shadow boxing for karate, as it were, nice. where where it's just not just kata, but just like I said in the beginning it, through this is that uh kind of kicking and punching for whatever reason gets put to the side for karate people in like in favor of doing more quote-unquote, advanced things mm-hmm. and that needs to lead into those more advanced things so sure. what we do in our system is call it, you know Joe box and mm-hmm. we have that and it's just it's a box that's four foot by four foot and we move around in it mm-hmm. and that's basically it. now apply the principles you know free flow principles of you know shadow boxing mm-hmm. add technique now add some techniques into that yeah, that's essentially what I'm working on developing, and it's not sure. in any sort of set order. It's just, you know, how can I best model that to a student, yep. um, so they can mimic it.
1: And yeah, that, that
0: makes to, And but that has to. But what I'm finding is you really need to have a strong base before you can even jump into that because it's sure. free. It's free flow, but yes. it's not just like randori. Punch kick, punch kick, punch kick, punch, yeah, kick, yeah, punch yeah. kick, punch kick, punch um, yeah. kick. It's, it's a little more than that. But it's, a yeah. little, it's, but it's not just us lining up. Okay, he throws a punch, you do a technique. Okay, line up. Now you throw a punch at him, he does a technique. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. We know karate. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. So. That's where it goes wrong. I mean, that could be a whole, we can do a whole another podcast on that, on the evolution of, of fighting ability. Um, but if you take free sparring like I learned it in the 80s, um, was hopeless. It was a terrible way to teach people, um, and it created a bunch of bad habits that have taken me a long time to erase. So what you're trying to do with your shadow boxing idea, um, if I've understood it correctly, then I think you're going to avoid those problems, and you're going to avoid exactly what you're talking about there where you say, hey, he does a technique, you do something, I do a technique, he does something, ha-ha, we know karate. I think yeah. you're right. It's a good move, man. It's a good call. I hope. Interested I mean, to hear yeah. how that works out.
0: At least, at least you're not. We're not just sitting there going, "Ah, <laughs> we know karate." Um, oh, I do that occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do that. We do, do that. <laughs> but yeah, who who doesn't just sit there in in their gi and just be like, "I know Marshall. I know kung fu." You know that's what? Right. You know how many bloody people know kung fu these days? You know how right. many movies have kung fu, bloody kung fu running around around in them? You know, it's not it's it's nothing that special.
1: But that's um, right. It's not a big thing anymore. But it
0: is because it's yours. Yeah, right? if, if you're not-
1: doing it authentically, right?
0: right.
1: There we go. <laughs> Good call. All right, right man. I'm, gonna, I'm well, gonna sign out. Farewell for the bottom of the world. Have a great week up there, uh, yeah, or and week, try- fortnight, have- whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And, and, and um, we see people when we see people.
1: All right, yeah. Right on.
0: Keep on training. Keep on working.
1: Very Peace much. Out